This is Richie Incognito of the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. Today, I am your host, Eric Turner, joined by Kevin Masseri. Good, good afternoon, Kevin. What's going on, buddy? Uh, not much, man. What's going on with you? Uh, nothing, man. A little news out of One Bills Drive. An odd situation today in regards to Calvin Benjamin's health and status. Um, so kind of you know, bring us up to date on what happened today, what the report was initially from Adam Schefter regarding uh, the knee of Calvin Benjamin. Yeah, he originally reported Saturday it was that he wasn't going to travel with the team to Kansas City. Um, didn't say why at the time. Didn't that that kind of broke that oh he's not traveling. He's you know was elicited as questionable after not practicing all week, only been in the system for three weeks. Then on yesterday in the morning show, probably real early seven eight nine a.m. Whenever he goes on air, um, and said you know he did tear his meniscus and it's fully torn never really picked up steam a little bit kind of with blogs and message boards no one locally or, or nationally really picked that up too much um, maybe they didn't have the knowledge or didn't want to cover it um, until you know gained some more steam last night and early this morning where you know buffalo rumblings and some other places had it it's kind of like oh it's kind of reported and then you know he came out today in his press conference and said no you know, straight up asked and he said no to the question uh, you know, within an hour, the Bills had to retract and said, yes, he actually did tar- tear his meniscus. And as well as uh, had to, you know, made a comment that he's still day to day, which any, I mean, you don't need to be a doctor to know meniscus isn't day to day. Yeah, that's usually a few weeks, uh, sometimes a couple, a couple months. Uh, but you're, in regards to that clip that McDermott um, said at his presser, I, I have a segment of it. So we'll go ahead and take a look at that real quick. He's working hard, and, and uh, you know he's going to be day to day as we move forward this week, and and um, you know we'll see how the week unfolds. There was a report that he had that he had torn meniscus. Is that accurate? No. Okay. So you saw it there. I mean, he said it immediately. No, it's not. That report's not true, and there was really no you know follow up question to it. Um, but it's just an odd situation, given uh, if it's a torn meniscus, like you said, it's going to be something that's going to keep him out for you know at least a few weeks, and. Um, you know, as you, what you saw on Twitter in regards to Cordy Glenn, he's been day to day and he's missed what three, three weeks, three games. Yeah. And they started to do that with, uh, EJ Gaines when they, you know, he, they would say he's like almost ready to play, but then would always not suit up. And he went three weeks. Um, it's interesting. Someone did a study I tweeted maybe two hours ago that said an average time missed for meniscus is five games. Um, and 59% of them is four plus weeks of meniscus tears. Yeah. I remember a couple guys in college. Uh, that I played football with, they, they tore their meniscus. They were out anywhere from you know four to six weeks. So that sounds about right. I'd say on the high end, a couple months, depending on what the surgery or just letting it heal uh, naturally. Yeah, basically. I mean, actually, surgery is supposed to speed it up. I don't know if he received it. There's no news there. Surgery is supposed to make it three or four weeks, and not certain national, uh, you know, naturally heal. It's supposed to be more five or six. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, again, it's just an odd situation, and obviously, it seemed like the PR department was kind of, um, you know, not on the same page with the coach, or maybe the coach just didn't know at the time when that question came out. Um, but you would think that if that report from Schefter came out, you know, the day before or late last night or even early this morning, that uh, the PR team and the head coach would have somehow sometime today have met uh, in regards to that so that they had a plan in place when this presser uh, was ultimately, uh, com- you know, starting. So it was just an odd situation uh, from the get-go, but, uh, we're going to transition to uh, some of the highlights, maybe some of the things that stood out uh, to us from the game after getting a chance to kind of you know, go back, look at some of the highlights and some of the film. Um, the All-22 isn't up yet, but before we transition to that, I do want to take a second to um, give a shout-out to Pro Football Focus, our partners. 
um, get to iTunes and leave your Twitter handle and a review for us. Um, just take a few seconds, you know, leave a review and, and leave your Twitter handle there uh, with, so you can actually get a chance to win uh, a PFF Edge membership. They pick once uh, one membership a week. So um, get to iTunes, leave a review, and make sure to leave your Twitter handle. I've had a few guys enter and forget to enter, the, uh, enter their Twitter handle, so go ahead and leave that there. Um, but today our, our show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Kev, can I let the viewers know what MyBookie.ag is? Yeah, um, I mean, my bookie is just an online sports book. Um, they have the experience, and it's a great place to go and bet your games, individual games. Uh, you know, it's kind of like daily fantasy, but you know, you can you go out there and bet lines, bet individual games. Use the promo code Locked On for a hundred percent promo bonus. It's fun to get out there and 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 see those and uh, bet on it, uh, games on a one by one basis. Something that you know you haven't been able to do in a while. So uh, it is it is really cool. Though. There's always some interesting lines, always some interesting unders. Um, it's fun to play. Yeah, who's uh who's the game tonight? Do you know? Yeah, it's the Baltimore-Houston game. Uh, and that's a pretty important game for us, right? Yeah, very important. So go check that one out. Maybe it gives you something, some rooting interest and some extra. Uh, put some, put a little bit into Houston there with that line. <laughs> Definitely. All right, so we'll go ahead and transition to some of the, you know, the highlights or things that we saw on film. Um, right off the top of your head, Kev, like what were some things that, you know, maybe after the game, uh, after watching it live, that um you know kind of stuck out to you uh we'll start with the offensive side of the ball since we're kind of going uh with this film this highlight from uh the offensive side at the beginning of the game absolutely and that's the you know the, the play with three receivers in the same side that cnfa uh covered um you know they luckily found mccoy on this this individual play for a first down on a third and ten it was a great read by tyrod but uh, maybe eric you could tell us what in the world is going on there on the left side of the formation yeah, it's hard to tell without the all 22, but I mean, they're obviously the balls on the right hash with a trips bunch formation to the field and uh, all three receivers appear to release vertically. And there's kind of a switch uh, concept going on here between Jordan Matthews and I think Deontay Thompson, who's the outside receiver. But um, Tyrod does get to the top of his drop. And he's trying to work that vertically down the field because it is third and 10. Um, but it's hard to tell how they ended up in the same spot. My guess is they saw Tyrod go into scramble mode. And when you go into scramble mode, there's usually um, three different levels that those receivers end up trying to uh, get to different landmarks. Uh, you want a guy short, you want a guy in the medium, medium area, you want a guy clearing deep. So my guess is that the scramble drill didn't go according to plan. The guys weren't on the same page on what levels they wanted to get to, and they probably just ended up in the same spot. Luckily, Tyrod got back to his uh, check down, his, uh, his release in uh, LaShawn McCoy, and he actually was able to dump down for a pretty good game. Yeah, it was a great third down play. Um, maybe it disguised him coming out of the backfield. He had pretty much one-on-one -on -one coverage. They're coming across the middle. Um, you know, kind of kind of found a hole in between the defense, uh, the linebacking and the and the defensive line. So um, I thought Tyrod played particularly well in the first half. Um, I really liked them throwing the ball 24 times. I didn't have any issues with that, especially when the running game wasn't really going. Um, so I I would have I, I just I was laughing about it because someone said Tyrod's like one in eight if he throws over 29 uh, passes and he gets to 30. I was joking about it and I said he's only going to throw five in the second half then and he literally went and threw five. It was bizarre. <laughs> um, so it's crazy. I mean, they they, they decided to dedicate it to the run. Um, Reggie Ragland was having a field day in the run game. Sure was, man. He uh, was. I was, I was, you know, I'm not surprised. I don't think anyone's surprised by how well Ragland played versus the run, um, especially because, you know, they're going to have him up near the line of scrimmage, especially on first downs. They had him close to the line of scrimmage and he was just shooting gaps because we've been pretty predictable as far as the run game goes. So I wasn't surprised to see Ragland uh, making plays in the backfield, especially against his former team. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And he pretty much isn't using coverage at all. Either he's coming in on a run blitz or he's playing the run. So um, it's an int- he's, he's, he's used interesting there. And I think they found a good niche in a 3-4. Uh, it just doesn't mean that he couldn't have played in the 4-3, though, Eric. No, you know, and when we saw him early in the season, he was obviously struggling, not just in the passing uh, coverage, uh, but also in the run game. He was not diagnosing plays correctly. And yes, it, it's going to take time for his physical skills to give back, but it, it seemed like he was also rusty in the mental area. Uh, but when we think long term, I mean, was he really going to overtake Preston Brown? I just don't think he would have. Um, but it's another thing. It's they were thinking future, and if Preston Brown's struggling in coverage in this scheme, there was no doubt that Reg, Reg, uh, Reggie Raglan was going to struggle in this scheme too. Yeah, it's it's a good topic because it's another interesting you know thing that's talked about today pretty pretty heavily. So, kind of with the McDermott pressure, you get a lot of Raglan, a lot of former Bills that love to be talked about on Sunday night and Monday morning. So. Um, every week, right? It seems like every it's week. every week. And uh, so we'll stay with the offensive side. Since you, you mentioned Dennison, I thought that, you know, he's he's taken a lot of heat, rightfully so, this season in regards to his play calling, his play design, his play selection on critical downs. Um, but I thought for as many bad calls he made in situations on offense, I thought he made some some decent ones too. So I thought he came out on par. I thought in the second half we actually were pretty terrible and that selection was bad. But first half... Talk about this touchdown by Tyrod Taylor, because this was a really nice play design and execution by Tyrod. Yeah, absolutely. And as you can tell, you had a double bite on LaShawn McCoy there early on. Um, so as he as he somewhat rolls out, doesn't play action, but rolls out, you can see LaShawn going up and taking two defenders with him, um, one on a low level, one right in the intermediate range, pretty much opening down the field. And that's where you had the Zay you know, coming across the field, getting open in the corner of the end zone. Yeah, it was, again, it was one of those sprint outs, but it's a reverse action. So that reverse action is going to kind of hold this, these inside linebackers, allowing uh, not just for Tyrod to get on the perimeter, but for LaShawn to to release to the perimeter as well. And you saw Clay with the trips bunch set kind of you know, show a down block on the guy that's actually supposed to cover LaShawn McCoy. I think that's uh, Zombo, the outside linebacker. But like you said, he draws two uh, defenders. And Tyrod, uh, as he had mentioned after the game, uh, he throws it to Zay Jones, who is actually his third progression, because for your first progression right here, you're going to see inside release by Matthews, and he's going to split down the middle of the field. He's going to take not just the corner, but he's going to take the safety with him. The number two is going to be quickly McCoy to the flats, but the number three is actually Zay Jones coming across on the over route, and that's and that's who he hits for the touchdown. Yeah, and you had Holmes there coming across, causing some disruption, um, potentially getting free for uh, for Zay as well, going across to the other corner in case Tyrod had to go back that way. Um, so yeah, this was a fairly well-designed play and a good second and nine play call. Yeah, it was great. Cause it had uh, a zone beater concept in it and it had a man beater. Like, as you mentioned, uh, Holmes coming across the middle, you know, running some type of mesh concept to kind of rub, uh, any of those second level defenders to get either McCoy open or even Zay an intermediate level. So I thought again, Dennison had a decent game. I'd say better in the first half as far as oh, play yeah. design goes and even, uh, you know, some different, um, creativity with the, the speed option or the load option. Um, on the Tyrod audible, but uh, the defense stepped up, right? I mean, they they did what they had to do to get this W for the Bills. Absolutely. Outside of the one drive to start the uh, third quarter, um, that was when I thought the downfall was going to happen, Eric. I really thought that you know they weren't going to uh, correct that issue. But outside of that one drive, they played phenomenal. Um, you know, it's just kind of a, a busted coverage a little bit. They, they didn't soft zones on on a Kelsey play on third and was it twelve after the Yarborough offside. Yeah. Um, outside of that, um, the defense really buckled down, really liked what they did in the run game. If that run, I've, I've always said this, that McDermott's defense revolves around stopping the run. I mean, if they're not stopping the run, they're going to let up a lot of yards in the air. 
Um, so if you're if you're getting both actions, I mean, that's going to be tough to win. And you know, this is one of the five and two games, and they went five and two. Um, this is kind of how they played. Yeah, you know, and the defense, they uh, their run gap integrity was a lot better. Their uh, eye discipline, I'd say, was the most important thing because we saw in recent weeks we saw a lot of that motion and shifts and and pre snap movement have caused issues for you know Preston Brown, Ramon Humber, and uh, you know, guys along the second level and this game, they seem to do a better job and remain in discipline. And they were almost, almost selling out versus the run. They said, you know, if, if you're going to beat us, we're going to have Alex Smith throw the ball. We're going to try to keep him in the pocket. We're going to sell it on the run and have him beat us. And Alex Smith just had a rough day from the, uh, from the pocket specifically. He looked shaky from the pocket. Um, there were times where he could have stepped up and, uh, he didn't, and he was thrown off balance. There were times where, you know, they, they baited him into a couple throws too, because they, you know, that's the thing with the chiefs offense, they're very diverse and, and they can have a lot of weapons, but they, and this is actually that throw I was talking about this play. If you remember last week, we had Ramon Humber matched up versus Keenan Allen in the slot. And it was, um, it was going in the opposite direction last week, but, uh, this week the Bills showed the very same coverage, but instead of Ramon Humber staying on Allen and, and, and Allen working in the middle this time, uh, Wilson breaks deep. Ramon passes him on to hide the safety. So Smith is thinking, oh man, this guy is, he's going to be wide open, which he is, but hides right at the sticks to make a play on the ball. So I thought Leslie Frazier and that defense did a good job of keeping uh, the offense off balance, keeping Smith. Um, obviously they blitzed a decent amount on him and made him shaky from the pocket. Absolutely. And, you know, Alex struggles against the zone. It's well documented, kind of like Simeon does. Carr, you know, you, you saw a little bit of it, you know, earlier on in those games. Um, but, you know, his numbers against man are, are a lot better than they are against zone. And that's one of the main criticisms coming out of Kansas City against Alex Smith right now. So it was great. They kept their integrity. Uh, they disguised some things, brought pressure, brought Lorenzo. Um, they asked Lorenzo what he wanted to do. And he said, rush the passer. So you saw a little bit more of that finally. Um, so it was, it was, it was an all around good execution. I think the bills struggle against, against those, those really receiving physical running backs that you see in Ingram or Kamara, those kind of guys. But I mean, they really got to hunt. Yeah. And we talked about that first drive out of half and they really kept the bills off balance. I mean, look at these, look at the front seven and the safety here hide. I mean, they're selling out for that, you mm -hmm. know, zone stretch out of the shotgun, but uh, what Kansas City does is just throw a little uh, bubble pass to Travis Kelsey from uh, the Trips bunch set, and they just did a really good job coming out of the half, almost like you know coming out of the the first quarter. You know those scripted plays. It seemed like the Chiefs had an idea on um, what the defense was trying to do to them, and they came out and you know kept them off balance with some jet motion, some screens. I mean, they really had them off balance coming out of the half. Absolutely, and I, that's the play that I that I thought could have been defended a little bit better. Other than that, they 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 had a really good script. They basically told Alex Smith what to do the entire drive. They guessed right on a lot of uh, uh, schemes that we would come out and you know a lot of different formations that we would show. That bubble screen was a good example of it. And right there, you just have four defenders there, and it's just I just I just don't think that that play should be completed on a third and twelve. I thought it was going to be hard on a third and seventeen. Eddie jumps, so it makes that a little bit easier. Um, and still third and 12 is still third and favorable, but uh, that's another good play call by Kansas city. I like that, uh, you know, that outside sprint to, to Hill. So, yeah, that, I mean, that jet motion, the Hill, one of the most dangerous guys with the ball in his hand. I mean, and, and you're expecting Shaq Lawson to somehow, you know, disrupt that play, but there's just no way with the speed of yeah, Hill there. No and especially, you know, second and five, it's just getting that guy in a perimeter. They, again, they did a good job of keeping the defense off balance. Two tight ends out front of them too. Yeah, definitely. You know, that the Y release, the, the arc releases by the tight ends had those two guys leading and just um it was it was scary it, it was that moment when 
as a Bills fan, you're like you mentioned, it was like, oh, oh boy, what's going on here? Yeah, they were running the same, you know, that uh, Andy found a few plays that he got of his playbook that he that he went to and he had a lot of short motion, a lot of screens, you know, went, went one to Kelsey, one to Albert Wilson there on the touchdown, um, you know, jet motion with Tyreek. So he was pulling out all the different stops to kind of beat his own defense and keep the ball out of Smith's hands and, you know, make the reads easy for him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to wrap this up here in a second. But I, before we uh, let you guys go, I, I do want to kind of talk about this week, man, because it's a big week, Kevin. Uh, how are you feeling uh, on this Monday in regards to uh, the team we're playing this coming weekend? I mean, it's at home, uh, right? It's in it's in Orchard Park. Always, always. I, I it doesn't affect Tom Brady at all. I I want decent weather because that will only affect the Bills. Um, I think Tom Brady can come and play in any weather, so um, that's why I don't think the weather should be a factor. I mean, you got to stay disciplined, Eric. I mean, that's that's really what it's up to. You're going to let up yards. You're going to let up points. Yeah. You know, Dennison was asked, can you score with him? He said, that's what I'm here for. So I want to see him come out, uh, show a little bit more like he did in the first half rather than get so wildly conservative that, you know, you're pretty much saying we're running some time off the clock. That's all we're going to do here. Trying to make you use your timeouts. Um, you got to do way more than that against Tom Brady. He's not Alex Smith. Um, he's going to be really good against the zone. Um, so you, you got to do no, you got to get as much pressure on him as possible. Um, take a page out of that 2015 Rex Ryan playbook where it seemed to be like he had the playbook against Tom Brady, Rex Ryan. So, I mean, you really got to just come after him. Um, he's going to beat you anyways. So you might as well try to get him to the ground. And he turned the ball over, th- was it two or three times yesterday against yeah. Miami? So Yeah, definitely. You're right. And, you know, taking a page out of that playbook from a couple of years ago. Um, and and the Bills did a really good job last week versus the Chiefs in, in disguising pre to post snap, changing that pre to post snap picture. And you have to do that with Brady. You can't play a single coverage throughout the whole game. You have to show multiple different coverages. You got to show, um, you know, you got to fill zones um, with, you know, s- several different players. Um, you just got to mix it up because, you know, what he's seen everything and he's going to, you know, beat you more times than not. But um, that tackling is going to be the key. Uh, they're going to complete those short passes. They're going to get some to the running backs and the tight ends in that uh, intermediate area and short area. That tackling yeah, absolutely, and, and forcing them to extend the game, to extend drives, and to work all the way down the field. I know it's the bend-don't-break mentality, and that's a terrible way to put it, but that's really what they have to do to this offense. Absolutely. They need to get them into field goal situations. Um, they're going to get their yards. You got to stop them. Down. You got to, I mean, they're not going to win if, if they don't, it's surprising that they turn the ball over two or three times against Miami still won by a fortune. I mean, that's what new England can do. They can overcome any amount of turnovers. You need to put a body on Gronk like they did Kelsey. Um, they can't forget about them um, because look, they might not Bennett's going on IR. I just saw Chris Hogan might not play. So you got, I mean, you really, they don't dress uh, Gillisley. So they have their scat back. So we need to have really good integrity against them. Um, and they're going to have, you know, Gronk and they're going to have cooks. So, I mean, you just got to do your best to try to disrupt Brady, get him frustrated. I mean, that's, that's really all you can do and put up point. I mean, and the second thing, put up points. You're not going to, even if you do all that, turn the ball over disruption, you're not going to win. Cause he's still going to score 21 to 28 on a low end. Definitely. It's, it's going to be an interesting, um, game and, uh, we'll have some more scouting and some more information as the week goes on. Um, but thanks for tuning in. This episode was brought to you by mybookie.ag. I am your host, Eric Turner. That's Kevin Masseri. This has been Lockdown Bills presented by Cover One.